Blog Talk Radio. We've gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again We are exploding, the world is gonna know it We'll rock it like you're never gonna see us again Come on over Come on over Good evening everyone, it is past 11 o'clock And Pure Gold is live in the air for this Tuesday night June 14th, 2016. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything except for tonight. My name is JB, and my co-host is nowhere to be found. His name is DG in Nowheresville, New Jersey. So I just want to start the show by saying I have no idea where you are, Dave. So for that, you can... Go to hell! Because I texted you about half an hour ago and no response, so you can... Go to hell! I should be sleeping right now, so you can... Go to hell! And let's face it, folks, you can check out our website at puregoldpg.com. Check out all our past shows for over the last six years. We're coming up to finally 200 episodes, and uh, it's been a crazy ride the first six years, and uh, we have not been keeping a regular schedule, but tonight Dave tells me to don't go to sleep. We're going to have Nikki Boyer on, who has been on for the last two years, to chat about everything and anything, except there's no Nikki Boyer, there's no Dave, DG, and um, he wants to talk about Mets and the WWE as well. Well, folks, uh, it doesn't get any worse than the Mets right now with their offense. Let's just face it, the Mets offense is uh, anemic, it's putrid, it's god-awful, um, I almost want to say it's as bad as last year before they got Cespedes, but it's it's getting there. Today they were one hit at home to the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, um, you know, a no hitter was 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 a foregone conclusion until um, you know. Oh, I see. We do have a guest here, so uh, let's see here. Get someone on at the moment. Hi, this is JB of Pure Gold. How can I help you? Hi, it's Nikki Boyer calling. Hey, Nikki, how are you? Good. How's it going? Good. This is Joe, and um, I have no idea where Dave is. When's the last time you talked to Dave or texted Dave by chance? Um, he told me to call in tonight at eight oh five, and I got that text from him at six p.m. Six p.m. Well. I've been trying to reach out to Dave myself for the past half hour or 45 minutes, and uh, no luck, Nikki. So uh, you're talking oh, really? to JB only. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. He said, 8.05, your time. Call the number. We'll discuss uh, We'll discuss stuff and hang out. And I was like, let's do it. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, I really don't know what happened to Dave, and I do apologize for that. But uh, how have you been? It's been, what, two years since you've been on the show? It's really, yeah, it's been almost two years to the date, I think. I've been great. Wow. I've been busy and good and working on stuff and creating stuff. So, you guys have been good, huh? 
We've been good, just uh, not as busy as you have been. So can you just well. give the, the audience just a, a sneak peek or just let us know what you have been doing specifically the last two years? Some sure, big I things? can do that. Yeah. Well, I um, I was hosting for a while. Um, I was hosting a show on Hearst Digital, um, sort of a, a recap show of what was on at night during TV. And then I left that job. And ever since I left that job, I've been sort of doing creative stuff on my own. Um I'm hosting, co-hosting a podcast, very similar to yours. Um, okay. We do this every, actually, I just got back from doing it. It's with Ross Matthews. It's called Straight Talk with Ross. And um, it's a very fun, silly podcast. And we've garnered a pretty big following. It's every Tuesday. And it started off as a regular podcast that we were doing at Podcast One. And then it's sort of grown into this video podcast where we're shooting it now on video and it's going live and streaming on um, straighttalkwithross.com. So today you can still watch it. It's still up. But uh, we went live today for the first time and it was quite a cool experience and uh, we had a blast. And then last week we went to um, the Abbey in West Hollywood and did our first live podcast and had a viewer sort of a fan party so that anybody that was fans of the podcast could come and have drinks and eat and hang out with us while we did a live version of the podcast. And we had people drive from San Francisco and San Diego. And we had one girl come from Australia to come and meet us. It was amazing. And it's been really, that's been really fun. And then I've also been doing music video parodies that, um, that I, uh, have been doing over the years and the one that I just recently did I did not star in it I just wrote it and directed it and my boyfriend Tommy Fields and myself did the music for it and that has to be the biggest one we've ever done it's I want to say it's well over 22 million hits so it's been crazy so if you want to check that out my uh, Nikki Boyer uh, YouTube channel and it's the bad blood test parody and it's a very funny topic if you watch it you'll You'll understand what I'm talking about. So if you if you guys want to do that, check out my uh, my viral my viral video, Taylor Swift parody, and it's uh it's really it's kind of gone crazy. I have to say I've never had one single video get over 22 million clicks. It's it's kind of been crazy. I know when when you speak of parodies, um, I, I mean I think personally the king of parody with just music videos and just music itself is Weird Al Yankovic. Is he who inspired totally. you to do these things? You know what's funny is that, you know, the kids that are seeing these parodies these days are like, Weird Al who? And I'm like, oh, gosh, you guys don't know anything. <laughs> Bless their hearts. <laughs> um, you know, I think back in the day when I was younger and he was doing those, I always thought it was the perfect combination of music and comedy, which are two of my favorite things. So I don't know if I was conscious of the fact that he was sort of inspiring me, but when you know, when I started hearing songs on the radio, I'm such a goofy person that I'm always making up my own jingles and singing around the house. And when I hear, you know, something on the radio that I like, I'll sing funny lyrics to it. And I'm like, wait, wait, why am I doing that? And I think I realized when I was a kid, um, back in the day, I really enjoyed the combination of comedy and music and he did it so brilliantly. And, uh, so, yeah, I guess he was an inspiration, but I don't think I was conscious of it at the time. But now looking back and having you bring it up, I'm like, yeah, I mean, he's kind of the king of it, right? Like, he's so good yeah. at them. You know what's funny? And yeah. I'm thinking about, like, what my daughter um, 
and forgive me because I don't know who they are on YouTube, but there's a famous couple that does parody songs too. For example, uh, Thanksgiving time, um, Jelly for the other side, because they want Jello for the other side. Have you heard that? that yes. Does? Yes, I, I can't think of their names, but I know. I, yes, I cannot remember their names. Um, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, not as famous as yes. you, but they do parody songs, well, they're I believe, a pretty too. Big so. deal. Who, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, um, darn it, I have their picture up right here. I can see them. They're both like a blonde couple. <laughs> yes, Who are yeah. they? Yeah, they're super great at them. They're funny. You know, um, they're tapping into a market of, you know, parents. And, yep. um, so you know, sort of that they're not tapping into like the youth they're tapping more into the people that are raising the youth which i think is right. awesome it's super fun right. i cannot remember the name but it's a husband and wife parody at least oh, you know so what i'm funny. talking about i can't think of them yeah. i know exactly what okay. you're talking about good good but going back to the, the the podcast and the video cast how do you i mean me and dave pretty much do our show cold do you um prepare the show beforehand uh, how's like how's the preparation time go into each of these podcasts and now video casts? Well, what we do is Ross Matthews is the main host, so it's his okay. sort of baby and his brainchild. But I, what I bring to the table is um, we do. We do a lot of uh, pre-production, and then I think we kind of create all kinds of fun little games and things to play, and then the rest of it is sort of thrown together in the moment, how we're feeling in the moment, so that we do have some games, some pre-produced segments, some funny little anecdote, anecdotes, that we want to share. Um, and then within that, you know, we add our silly sort of sense of humor and we, we just kind of improv and, and sometimes things will go off track and we don't get to all the things that we planned on because we've, you know, we've either ended up going down a road we didn't expect or we end up getting into a family argument or whatever happens, but we definitely yeah. do put some, some thought into it. And he is such a mastermind at, you know, at producing things and making them fun and seem off the cuff when he's, when he's been, you know, thinking about them for weeks, he has a way of making it, you know, seem so natural, which I think is one of the, the reasons that people love him so much. And I don't really know much about him. Is he like his background? Is he a, a stand-up comic? Did he do sitcoms? Where, where did he come from? Where was his career from? No, his story is actually super inspiring and really fun. He was an intern at The Tonight Show with Jay Leno oh, back wow. in the okay. day. He was an actual intern. And um, what I believe the story is that they were sending a, you know, a person um, out to do like a movie junket or a red carpet, and that person couldn't do it. So Jay Leno literally said, um, hey, you know that intern Ross? We should, he's kind of funny and silly and acts funny in the hallways. Um, why don't we send him out? And that's how it all started. And then he sort of became a personality. He became Ross the intern. And then it sort of turned into really his own career. And he's just done an awesome job at creating something out of that. All right. Okay. And I know that obviously you were um, the former co-host, the former host of Daytime in No Time with Yahoo. Yeah, I did that for quite a while. It was almost six years that I was with that show. And that's, I think, when I – I don't know if I, that's how I met you guys or what, but it might have been through my from my Yahoo days. It might have been. I was just going to say, has that sprungboard or – is that even a word, sprungboard, your, your sprungboard? career? Into, it is now. 
<laughs> has that sprung board into different uh, ventures, or have you just found that that was just something that uh, you enjoyed for six years and now have found other ventures through other venues? That's a good question. I think it's a little bit of both. Sometimes I see people on the streets and they'll say, oh, my God, you're the girl from that Yahoo show. <laughs> like they still think I'm on it, and it's been almost four years that I haven't even been on it. So I'm like, well, clearly they're not watching because if they would be, they'd know I right, wasn't right. on it. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's done a little bit of both. I think it's allowed me to sort of springboard and 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 get out there. I mean, I for a while I was the most clicked person on the web, which was crazy. So I could sort of use that to get into the web world and to get into producing my own shows and to get meetings, get into the room with people. But at the same time, it kind of was, you know, when you do a job and it sort of exists in its own little bubble. That's kind of how it yep. was when I worked there. I felt like it was just it. It didn't. I couldn't really penetrate into something else because it just sort of stuck in that little bubble, which is sometimes what happens with web shows like that. Yeah. Um, but in another example, then you create a web show and it goes viral or it gets shared with the right people or the right producers see it, and then the next thing you know, you're working on a TV show. So that didn't really work for me in terms of the the Yahoo show, but it would it did bring to me were really cool relationships with. The Wendy Williams people, uh, when Bethany Frankel had her show, I was on that show. Um, so it did sort of make me sort of the daytime TV expert, which is really funny because about a month ago I did a little job on Access Hollywood Live. And when I walked in, Billy Bush and, Kay, and um, Kit Hoover were like, oh, my God, Nikki from Yahoo. Oh, my God, you were the girl that used to make fun of us all the time on your show. And I'm like, yeah. So people still remember it, and it was so long ago. But I I, I love that, like, that I'm forever remembered as the, you know, the daytime, sort of the daytime talk girl. Which is it, it's yeah. not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. And when we talk about even your music, you know, your songwriting, uh, I just want to bring up two names and tell me, what kind of impact, if any, or how you feel about their loss? You know, talking about David David Bowie, and um, obviously Prince, which passed uh, he passed away about a month ago or so. Um, those two deaths um, had a strong impact in your your um, just your personal or career or just yeah, thanks. Yeah, um, thanks for asking. That's actually a really cool question. Nobody's ever asked me that. Um, about you know when someone passes, how it affects you, especially if yeah. if they uh, were an if they were an idol of yours. So um, David Bowie was never a huge fan because I think he was a little tiny bit before my time. But I okay. absolutely uh, was impressed by his just I mean his you know it, he was such an individual and. So had so much integrity and knew exactly what he wanted and he was way out there um and I loved him for that so I wasn't a huge fan so when he passed it was court of course I was sad about it um but I didn't have a super strong connection with him like I did with Prince I mean when I woke up the morning and I found out that Prince had died I cried like it sounds so silly but I had such a moment of like loss of feeling I felt like I had a relationship with him because I listened to his music as a kid I listened to his music well as a kid I was a dancer and so I danced to his music parents would play his music in the house as a uh, college student I was in a band and we did cover songs and we did the entire Prince album so I knew every Prince song by heart so 
I felt the deep connection to him, and I also just was obsessed with sort of his private life and kind of who he was in the world and how much of a humanitarian he was. So he just really, I don't know, he just spoke to me. So when I found out he passed away, it was just pretty heartbreaking. And I called my mom, which is part of the reason I love Prince so much, because she was obsessed with him too when I was younger. And I called her and I said, Mom, this is going to sound really silly because we both, you know, I lost my dad. She lost her husband. And I said, I feel silly saying this to you because dad is gone. You know, talk about a loss, like your own family member, your father and your husband. But I said, I feel so sad today about Prince's death. And I feel weird saying that to you because, you know, you've lost your husband. She said, I feel the same way. She's like, I feel it too. Like, I feel it really deeply in me. And I was like okay, so I'm not crazy. And then I started reading tweets and reading Facebook posts and other people were feeling that way too. And I thought, wow, what an amazing, I think, just way to have people feel about you. Like we all really yeah. felt like we knew him or we, he was part of us. Did you did you feel that way at all about Bowie or um, the Prince? Well, Prince more definitely than Bowie because I didn't know him as much just like you. And I, I knew like, uh, Prince's like more famous songs. Obviously, I didn't know every song of Prince, but um, when I when you know when I found out about his death, I was I was totally shocked. And uh, when then you start to learn about the, the 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 man behind you know the I guess the persona, you find out how many people he actually mentored, and then the the impact that the, the the ripple effect that he had. Just like you have a story about Prince. I mean, everyone probably has a Prince story on how he affected their not only personal life but their career. But the the fact that he mentored so many people and wrote so many songs is incredible. I know, right? It was amazing. He was just, you know, I got, I luckily, um, I had the opportunity to see him play live when he came to the forum in LA, okay. which was, he did a month worth of shows. I don't know if you heard about this. Did you hear about it? No, I didn't. Tell me. He did, he did a month worth of shows here at the LA forum and he, every ticket in the house was $25 so that everybody could come experience him. And he played hours and hours, five nights a week. It, was amazing and everybody I knew got the opportunity to go see him because it was $25 it wasn't like these you know you go to see Pink or Britney Spears or any other you know I was trying to see Coldplay and they're like five six seven hundred dollars a ticket by the time you get you know good seats and this was every seat in the house was $25 and I got to see him twice and each show was vastly different one night it was Sheila E and somebody else came up on stage with him um, the first night that I saw him play, Whitney Houston was there, and she jumped up on stage and sang with him. And it was amazing. Wow. Um, and then it got to be a little, like, I think she, she got to stay on stage a little too long, and it got a little uncomfortable, and I think she, you know, she was probably battling her disease, so she wasn't 100% there, but he kind of had right. to escort her off the stage. And then ended up, like, weeks later, she ended up passing away, which was very yep. weird to – see Prince and Whitney Houston on the same stage, see Whitney Houston pass away from a drug overdose, and then unfortunately see, you know, Prince pass away from not the same type of drug overdose, I wouldn't say at all, because I don't, I think Prince's situation was a little bit different with his, um, you know, dealing with chronic pain, which it's a whole different story than addiction, but um, I feel like it was just so surreal to be able to see them on stage together, and now they're both gone. So it was just yeah. very surreal. Yeah. Favorite Prince song is? 
Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, Darling Nikki was very embarrassing to me because my name is obviously Nikki, and I was in sixth grade when that came out. So it was super uncomfortable to hear a song on the radio about, you know, all of that while you're in sixth grade. But I think you're going to – you're going to not know the song I'm talking about, but it would, um, I can't even re- remember the title, but it was, I could never take the place of your man. Do you remember that one? Do, 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 do. And it was, um, saw you last June when your old man ran away. Do you know that one? I don't, but I love your singing. This is Couldn't really cool. Couldn't stop crying because he knew he was going to stay. 35 on lonely Friday night. Oh, my God, it's so good. And it was a baby, don't waste your time. Because I know what's on your mind. Such a good friend song. Anyway, that one and Little yep. Red Corvette. So. Oh, I was going to say, that's my you? favorite. <laughs> that's oh, my favorite really? Red Corvette. Yeah, I just like it. I don't oh, know, good, something right? about it. Yeah, yeah. And then to find out that know, he yeah. has, um, what, over 200 songs that were never played and they're in a vault. I think they're going to be released soon. I don't know who even gets those. Probably whoever is next in line to his, I don't know if he ever even had a will or anything, but I know that there's a bunch of songs that were never released and that be be really interested to see, uh, hear those those songs that will be released, just like when Michael oh Jackson gosh. passed away, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I would love to hear those songs. I remember um, there's a quote out there that he had said, like, that, that the songs that we hear aren't even his best songs because he feels like he saves those for himself, which I always found to be really interesting, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, I want to hear those songs that he saved for himself. If those are the best ones, geez, how do you get any better than Purple Rain, Little Red Corvette, <laughs> you know? Yep, yep. Did, um, Such speaking, a- of another, speaking of another singer, I, th- I mean, I've heard of his songs, and I might be a, a generation, we might be a generation too uh, young to hear or remember Glenn Fry, but do you, I mean, we know his songs. Any impact on oh, your life gosh, with yeah. uh, the Eagles? Yeah. You know, um, I don't, I can't like, you know, give you the list of Glenn Fry songs, but I could tell you that, excuse me, <clears throat> I can tell you that like the Eagles, be, being, I'm in a, a band called the Cardboard Cutouts, and it's sort of an acoustic, you know, rocky pop band. And I could tell you that the Eagles, they're one of those bands that, like, you don't realize the impact they have on you until you buy a Greatest Hits album, and then you play it, and you're like, holy crap, I know every single one of these songs. And these songs sort of helped shape my appreciation for, you know, acoustic acoustic music and for like real rock music. So, um, yeah, I definitely had a connection with that. Definitely. And I just can't believe he's gone too. It's just crazy. I mean, it was a, a, a year of loss with musicians. I mean, I think he passed away in Jan in January. Yeah. He passed away in January and, um, yeah, yeah it's crazy. And, and but the, but the beautiful thing about musicians is that they leave behind, you know, they leave behind so much. I mean, look, the Eagles haven't really done anything in, in quite a while, but like their music is still super alive and and it lives on because it's just some certain artists are just timeless. And I do think Glenn Fry, the Eagles, um, uh, Whitney Houston, Prince, David Bowie, that music's timeless. Like it's like Motown. Like it's always going to be around. And 
I just wonder if they knew that about themselves. Like if they really knew that. I think Prince probably did. I think Prince did. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, um, he had yeah, that persona. Pretty, yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, other I, than music. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. What? Finish. No, no. I just, I I say, just can't believe that, that our other buddy isn't on the phone with us. Where is he? <laughs> You're gonna have to text him after this because it's. Well, I'm texting are we him the right same? now. Where are you? Are you texting? I'm saying the same I'm thing saying, actually. Sorry, as you, I, I was listening to you, I was asking you? where he was. I'm on. I'm on the podcast. <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, other than music, though, in the entertainment world, um, I'm just thinking about like movies that um, are coming out. Um, and I, I, I was going to bring this up to you when when Dave was going to be on anyway, but. They, I feel like Hollywood is like running uh, out of ideas, and they're rebooting show, uh, rebooting movies. And I don't want you to be mad or anything like that, but I, I personally think to to reboot a movie that was made in the late '80s or early '80s, I know, uh, to reboot Ghostbusters with a um, a different set of people, I don't know. I just I don't think that a movie like that needs to be rebooted. What, any thoughts on the new Ghostbuster movie that's coming out? But, you know, it's funny because I really shared your same sentiment. I thought, God, Hollywood, get it together. There are so many stories out there dying to be told and so many really cool scripts that are floating around. But you're going to remake two versions of Ghostbusters in the same year when you don't need to. Like, this is ridiculous. And then um, I went to the movie, uh, the movies the other day and – there was a preview of the Ghostbusters with the all-female cast, yeah. And I actually laughed out loud like three times during the pre uh, during the preview, and I was like, "Damn it, don't laugh at this." <laughs> so, um, listen, once it's I love going to movies and I love laughing, so I probably will see it and I probably will laugh. But it doesn't take away the fact that I just think Hollywood can be super lazy sometimes. I mean, you've got four really funny women. I'm gu- I'm guaranteeing you that there are scripts out there that are written for four funny women, and it doesn't have to be a remake of something that was, you know, 30 years ago. It could be a new original idea. So I think sometimes Hollywood can be a little tiny bit lazy. But then again, you know, like I have two stepdaughters, and they're 10 and 13, and when I watch what they do online and I see what music they're listening to, everything – is a reboot. Everything. They were listening to a song yesterday, and I'm like, that song was on the radio when I was your age, and now you're listening? And they don't, but the funny thing is, they don't even know it's old. They think it's new because it's being right. sort of regurgitated. So there definitely is a trend right now with stuff from the 80s and early 90s sort of coming back, and these kids, the problem is the kids don't realize it's coming back. They think it's just, oh, this is what's new. So... It's, it's it's definitely a trend that's happening, and I don't quite I don't quite understand it. Like the, the, the Adidas shoes are all back now. Like the kids are wearing those Adidas shoes yep. that we used to wear when I was. And I'm like, what? Those are in style <laughs> again? They're like, oh yeah. So it's just kind of weird. I'm just paying attention to it, and it's there's definitely there's definitely a resurgence of old stuff coming back. Yeah, and I'm going to be 40 in February, so um, I'm 39 now, and I, f- I find myself, and sadly I find myself saying, you know, kids these days, and I that's probably the first time oh, yeah. that you've gotten old when you say kids these days, right? I mean, I know. That, phrase, that phrase alone <laughs> speaks volumes. <laughs> 
Well, yes, yeah, I mean, I know. When I look, when I look at like '80s music, for example, like I, I, I have like my iHeartRadio app, and I, I'm always on the '80s channel. Like, I, you can't get me off of the '80s channel because I just awesome. think the music. I just think the music back then was just so much better than you hear now on, on the stations. And I think that, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, what was new. What was like old back then has become new again to this generation. And I, I know. Think that, it's crazy. Yeah. So movies is just like you said. Like um, you could reboot a movie, and I'm not taking away anything away from the female actresses. I'm just saying the the storyline, no, the no, plot. I hear you. Yeah. You know, come come up with something more original for a movie. I mean, you don't have to reboot everything. I know. That, that, that was what point, else you know? has anything else been rebooted? Um, what else well, has they, been rebooted? I mean, when we were kids, right, we watched Superman with Christopher Reeves. They've rebooted that series now. I mean, you oh, got Superman. True. Yeah. They do that. They did that with Batman. They re- Well, actually, I, I actually like the reboot of Batman with Christian Bale. Um, but the rebooting, you know, the the reboot of, of, of Batman with Ben Affleck, I was like, uh, I mean, I like Christian Bale. I didn't yeah. need to see, you know, so the, the, they have yeah, been doing you. a lot of reboots, you know, and Star Wars yeah, is back. Are. So all the 80s movies are back. Are back again, so I'm just waiting for them Crazy. to redo the Goonies. I want the Goonies. <laughs> Do you know that I think uh, it was either either this this week or last week was the uh, the 25 or 30 year anniversary of the movie coming out. I forget if it was this week or last week of the Goonies. No coming way! Out. Oh it was. Gosh. It was. Yep. Man, and this that, is I mean, some of my favorite movies. My favorite time, like the Goonies, also. Um, I was obsessed. Well, I was pretty young, but E.T., but, you know. Oh, yeah. The, like, it's it's all stuff that it proves how timeless it is, you know. It proves how, like, I watched Poltergeist not that long ago, and I'm like, that movie still holds up. That movie is still scary. Yeah. And then they did, then they redid the Poltergeist, and everyone's like, have you seen the new one? I'm like, I don't need to see the new one. I saw the original. Exactly. Why do you need to see the yep. new Poltergeist? Come on. Yep, yep. And funny thing is that I'm just starting to introduce like some of these movies to my daughter who's turning eight this year. Um, I sh- do you remember the '80s movie Short Circuit with Johnny Five? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Are you I'm sure that Johnny movie. Johnny Five is alive. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what yep. song was and, uh, from I, that I, movie? What happened? I'm sorry. I, no, I said what song was really huge in that movie? What was that? Um, it was, was um, like I was just live just yesterday. Elder Barge, who's Johnny? She said that's who it was. Yes, was yes. Elder Barge. <laughs> yes, oh my God, I I'm think really you're right. Making myself sound old. So, what did your eight-year-old no. say about that movie? Oh, she loved it. I mean, I have them on DVD, and once in a while she'll want to see Johnny Five. We have part one and two. Part two she loves a little bit more because part one is a little bit more serious tone. Part two is a little okay, funnier yeah. with uh, with Johnny Five. So, oh my God, and just uh, <laughs> just. Just two more movies I was thinking about introducing her to. I was telling my wife, I was like, she needs to see Mannequin. Remember that movie? Oh, my God. I loved that movie. <laughs> Such a great romantic 80s movie, right? Oh, my God. I forgot about it until you just brought it up. And wait, who was in that? It was, um, the, oh, my gosh. The, it was. Well, something Schwimmer. Not Jonathan Schwimmer. He looks like jo- Jonathan something, right? Jonathan, as I'm looking it up. But I don't remember. It was Andrew McCarthy. It was Andrew McCarthy. That's it. And Andrew Kim McCarthy Cattrall and the Sex girl from uh, yes. Sex and the City. The girl from yes. Sex and the City. Uh, Kim Cattrall. Oh my God. Kim Cattrall. Yes. Such a good yes. movie. <gasps> so good. Yeah, that's a good one so for her to, to see. And what? What yep. else? I want her to see uh, Weekend at Bernie's. 
Oh my gosh! Well, <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> oh, I love like I would have given anything to have been in the room when they pitched that movie. Okay, so this yep. guy, he's dead, and we just take his corpse around. <laughs> like what? Great movies. Do you, um, oh let me just, before we, um, because I, I do apologize for Dave. I, I really don't know what happened, Nikki, and I'm trying to. I hope he's okay, <laughs> actually. I'm a little worried. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of a little worried. The only thing that I could, <laughs> like, I hope he didn't just pass out on the couch, but that's that's happened. Oh I just, I'm hoping he's okay. <laughs> You're right. But I, I hope that you can come back on uh, sometime soon when Dave's on because Dave's been working like feverishly to get you back on for the past, I don't know, a couple months. I know. So, I yeah. know. We've been going back and forth, so I'll have to do this again. Definitely. Just um, just two quick questions. Do you, um, I mean, this year, more than any year, I've been more engaged in politics because of the two people, obviously, that are running. Um, do you have uh, right. any take on the on the Hillary versus Trump uh, soon-to-be presidential election? Um, I do. I try to keep my political stuff to myself because I find that okay. very polarizing. And I've never been, you know, super – I'm not a political figure, but I can tell you I was Bernie all the way. I was so okay, ready good. for a change. I was yeah. really ready for somebody to – you know, I, I find that we as American citizens are always wanting a change. We want a change. We want things to be better. But when it comes down to put your money where your mouth is, I don't think – I think people are too afraid, and I think Bernie really would have been. I really do think he would have been the best candidate to create some major change in this country, which is what people say they want. But as we can see from who the two candidates look like they're going to be, um, you know, people, to me, it just speaks volumes that people maybe just um, aren't as ready for the change as they thought they were. So I voted for Bernie. I was super excited. Um, and with the Hillary and Trump situation, you know, I haven't really thought about it much because I was still in the hope that Bernie was going to pull through. And, I, you know, I'm holding on to the glimmer of hope that he might. But, um, but I, yeah, for me, it's just right now it feels like it's a choice between two evils. But, you know, I'll fig- I think I'll figure it out when it gets a little closer. I totally agree with you with everything you just said. Um, you know, politics is just politics, right? Uh, everyone, whatever your opinion is, you feel like you're right, and then whoever you're debating against or talking, if they're if they're on the opposite side, then all of a sudden you're wrong and they're right, or you're right, right and they're wrong. Yeah. So it, it, you can never win. The one thing about politics that I I do feel this year more than any year is that um, I wanted to change too because I felt like politics was just stagnant where. It seems like all, all the politics is is like one side arguing with the other side, and things never get done. I just felt that you're yeah. right. Bernie was somebody that was going to bring radical change, and and I'm, I'm not one for you know radical change for radical change. Hold on a second, as I uh, check my phone here. Fell asleep. Uh-huh. No way. Are you serious? Hold on. Let's see. He fell asleep. He has been calling and texting me for months about being on the wow. show, and here I am on the yep. show with you, and he's asleep. Yep. You tell him he is in big trouble, mister. He's in big trouble. I do apologize, mm-hmm. though, Nikki, but I, I, I oh, mean, I'm I've fine. had a great conversation Actually, with really you. I've been talking with you. It's been really, really nice. You tell him yeah, and maybe, You tell him this is this is my favorite time that I've been on the show. You tell him that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. 
<laughs> That'd be funny. I know you even. I think you even record some like uh, some ads for us, some spots. I believe. I did. Yeah. Let me see if I can find one before you go on. I, I so mean, I remember I, we always end our show with "You guys are awesome," and I think uh, you know. Here's the guy that uh, fell asleep, and uh, <laughs> the one and only Dave. Dave, how are you, sir? <laughs> I'm doing great. Nikki, how are you doing? You are in so much trouble right now. Oh my gosh, you have no idea. Listen, being, I mean, Joe knows he, he's uh, he's he's got kids and stuff, but it's so bad. Like with these kids putting them to sleep and doing all this all this stuff, especially my kids, because my kids hate going to bed. My one daughter is always fighting, going crazy, you know. So it's it's always an adventure with them. So let's let's put it that way. Oh, and uh, what what uh, Joe was saying is uh, this right here. You, you got to listen to this here, Nikki. What's the name of your show? Okay. Uh, pure gold. Pure gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> gold. You guys are awesome. That's me. Yes. <laughs> Yay. That, that was right. That is actually how we end the show every time, which is funny because we'll always play this or throw this out there, or even this, which is one of my favorites. Hey, what's up, everybody? I am Nikki Boyer, the host of Yahoo's Daytime in No Time, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Well, no Aww, longer. Oh, you guys. Uh, <laughs> no longer I Daytime in No Time, though. I was thinking about that earlier tonight. I was like, wow, it's been, uh, I don't know if Joe mentioned this. I know that I told you earlier off the air that it's been almost exactly two years since you last came on the show. But the day, I was thinking about this earlier, daytime and no time. I have not listened to it. I have not looked at it. I have not, I completely forgot about daytime and no time ever since you left, Nikki. I mean, does that even exist That anymore? is exactly what I want to hear. It does not exist unless I am on it. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> Oh my god, that's awesome! Oh uh, yeah, you know it was a good job, dude. I love that job, but um, yeah, I haven't. To be honest with you, I don't think I've even seen it once since I haven't been on it. How egocentric am I? <laughs> that is that's exactly what I want to hear, Nikki. I mean, that is what gets us through through those long cold nights, you know, with no Nikki boy. Oh my gosh, I literally. It's funny because um. Like I said before, I was putting my, my kids to sleep, and my kids are awesome because they go to bed super late, uh, you know, responsible parents I am. Uh, my kids right. are usually going to bed at, like, midnight and stuff like that. And I was laying in bed, and I'm like, you know, oh, I'm going to fall asleep. I just know it. I just felt it. I knew it. And then all of a sudden, I got up, and I was like, ah. Did you have that panic moment? I couldn't wake them up. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. I started crying and everything. I just couldn't wake up the kids up. I didn't scream out loud. But I looked at the clock and I was like, oh my gosh. So I ran I ran out and then I see, you know, I've got text messages. I've got all this stuff. Only on this show, I tell you, this is the professionals that we are. Only on this show would something like this happen, Nikki. I mean, you know, seriously. Hey, it's real life, yo. It's just happening. It's just real life. It was funny because I called and... and and I was like, well, I'm going to text him. So I'm texting you. Uh, I'm sure you got – how many texts did you get from both of us? Wait, let me see here. I think I like eight. I'm assuming like ten Joe. or eight. Yeah. All in capital letters, words I can't repeat. I mean, really, uh, really bad stuff here, I tell you. <laughs> no, I got about six from Joe, just six. So, you know, not not that bad. Okay, um, okay, that's not too bad. Oh, my God, you guys are funny. The I thing t- is – yes, sir. Shame on you! <laughs> no, I was going to say the funny thing is, Jonah has done this show 
on and off for almost, what, six, like almost seven years now? And I don't think this has ever happened with an actual guest on. And, of course, the funny thing is it had to happen with you because it's been like three months that I haven't been trying to get you on this show. And every week it's like, ten, you know, 10, 15, like, oh, listen, um, I got to go meet the president of, uh, you know, Africa, so I can't go. You I are, months and I, you're full or, of baloney. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, you're not listen, actually. Um, listen, hold on. I'm going to take the about 75% of the cancellations were on me. But then there was one night where I'm like, all right, I got one night. doing it. And I get a text from you and it says, can we reschedule? I'm like, he's joking. And then I get on the show and you're friggin' sleeping. No. Listen, that one time, that one time that it happened, it was because of my, I think it was my sister-in-law. So we have some kind of like family problems. I mean, I, you know, oh. I, I, it was awful. But I'm anyway, sorry. Um, you know, I, then I get messages like, oh, hey, I have to, you know, speak to, uh, you know, uh, Bernie Sanders about this. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to be on the campaign trail <laughs> tonight. And, oh, you know, President, President uh, you know, Clinton called me and, you know, he wants me <laughs> to give some advice to his wife. I mean, all kinds of just crazy, like, not, like, things that could not possibly have happened. Let's put it that way. Uh, I you know, not. One thing, one thing, I have a question. It's a serious question. And I was thinking okay. about this earlier, as you know, before I fell asleep. I was thinking to myself, for all the talent in the world that I, you know, obviously, I personally, I would say you're my favorite guest out of all the thousand that we've had on this show. Um, Aw, thanks. I, I've got to know, what, why is it that Nikki Boyer, a.k.a. you on the phone right now, why do you not have, like, a mainstream you know, TV show, why are you not on, like, Channel 2, Channel 5? Why is Nikki Boyer not more famous? Because You I, are so yeah. sweet. I ask myself that question every <laughs> single day. Here, uh, I love that you came up with that. No, you know what's funny is it takes so long to get stuff done in this town. It really does. So, for example, I shot a couple webisodes of a show two years ago. Just for fun. My friend and I were like, let's come up with this idea. We came up with the title. We shot the webisodes. Just now, two, almost two and a half years, we're pitching it to the network. So, by say, you know, our good fortune works out and the show gets picked up, we probably won't shoot it until November or December, which means it wouldn't air until – so, like, things just take so long because there are so many producers and executive producers and higher ups and people at the network that need to get their fingers on it and it just everything takes so friggin' long in this town but i love you for saying that and i super appreciate it because it means a lot when somebody says that because it lets me know i'm doing you know i'm doing the right stuff i'm still like trucking along but i promise you within the next few years i think you will be seeing way more of me you probably don't You'll probably be sick of me. I'm just going to go ahead probably. and say that. You'll be sick of me. Never. Yeah. Listen, I could never have. I get sick of Joe. I've known Joe like almost like 50 years at this point. I'm sick <laughs> of him. But you, I would never get sick of. And the, thing, the reason I ask that question is because, like, not for nothing, but, again, watching TV and, you know, being a fan, like, I'm, I'm big on, like, a lot of the stuff in the CW as far as the, you know, 85 comic book-related shows. Right, that they have right. on there. You know, then Supergirl was on CBS. Now it's on CW, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I see all these people, and a lot of times, and again, no knock, no specific knock on anyone in the CW, but a lot of these people, I feel, are just not that talented, not great actors. And then I see someone like you who's, you know, charismatic, funny, et cetera, et cetera, you know, just like head and shoulders, you know, 
above and beyond, you know, people that I've seen. And, again, I'm not saying this because you're on the show with us. You know, I, I've told Joe a million times that you're definitely my favorite guest on the show. Oh, um, thanks. Just because of the, just because of like the interaction and stuff like that. But again, I see these people, and I'm like, I don't get it. And again, I don't know how Hollywood works. I don't know how LA works. Joe and I, you know, we can have our theories, or we can say whatever we want. But you see some people, and you're like, how does this person have a job, or how is this person on like a mainstream show? And then, you know, Nikki, of course, we have to pay her to come on this show. I mean, you know, we can't <laughs> afford it, so that's why. It happens every two years, you know. I mean, that's what, what it comes down to. Oh, my God, you're so <laughs> funny. Well, I adore you guys, and I love you for saying that. It actually does mean a lot. It really does. And, you know, I, um, I'm i hoping that the show that I'm pitching right now is going to get out there. I have the podcast that I'm doing with Ross Matthews called Straight Talk with Ross. I'm actually doing voiceover work and commercial work and just staying you know, staying busy, but you're right. Like the next thing, like I feel like that next step is getting close for me. And um, I've had some opportunities that have fallen through. And I got to say, I, mean, I got real, real close to something. And then it, tur- it took a turn and it didn't happen. But I mean, it, that's just the nature of the the job. It really is. It's like you could be so close to that next big thing and you think it's happening. And then all of a sudden it doesn't, or you get recast or the show goes away, or the producer thinks that, you know, you know, there's too many women on the panel, and they need to bring a guy in. Like, <laughs> things change and shift all the time. So I just keep on trucking, and eventually, you know, I think it's, it's something I, – I would love to be in everyone's, you know, house once a day hosting a, a morning show or an afternoon talk show. Like, that, that's the big, the big picture plan for me, and I, well, I feel like I'm getting closer to it. Would that be, like, if you had one dream, one job, one thing you could do, what exactly, other than, you know, of course, being on this show all the time, what exactly right, right, right. would, <laughs> right, of course, what exactly would that dream be? I know you mentioned, like, morning talk show or, you know, afternoon talk show, but one thing, Nikki Boyer, you know, you're getting paid millions of dollars to do and you love it. What would that be? Well, I think in the ideal world, having my own episodic TV show, like playing a character on a television show like or a Netflix show or a Hulu show, a show where, like, there's a lot of substance, there's really good acting, the storylines are kick-ass, like, I would love that. And then the other part of me would love to do, like, an Access Hollywood Live or a Today Show where you're constantly – I love live television. It's such a, so much fun to do. And it's also very risky, which I like the risk factor because you never know what's going to happen. And I love getting to meet people and hear people's stories and inspire – like, get inspiring stories out there and really help make a difference in, like, just educating the world of, you know, other stories about humanity. So that's the other dream job. So, you know, just little ideas here. Just having my own TV show, no big deal. <laughs> oh, yeah, not, not a big deal. I could totally see you on, like, a Netflix show, you know, or Amazon or something like that. Um, I, just, I, yeah, just, I just need to see I need to see more Nikki Boyer on my television screen in some way, shape, right, or well, form because, I mean, Definitely. You've got to make it happen, Nikki. Listen, next time you come you on, know, just you got to be... just for you, just for you guys, I'm going to work on that, and I'll get back to you. For sure. Definitely. But just Definitely. for you. Listen, <laughs> not for yourself. Don't be selfish. It's got to be for other no, people. No, no, no. I want... <laughs> right? Oh, my God. You guys are awesome. You really are. I really appreciate you having me. And, Che, if you can, you know, follow me on everything. I'm on Instagram at NikkiBTV. 
I am on Facebook at Nikki Boyer. I am on Twitter at Nikki Boyer. I also have a YouTube channel, Nikki Boyer TV. And my most recent parody that I did, the Taylor Swift parody, it's called Bad Blood Test. Um, it just hit the 22 million mark. It's very funny. Wow. It's about a mom who's not quite sure who the father of her baby is. So should they do some blood tests? You know, no big deal. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, I, I'm doing little things here and there. So just, I appreciate any of your fans that feel like checking me out or clicking on whatever I do. Uh, the support is always appreciated. And you guys are just the best for having me on. And I, I just adore you guys. No, thank you. Listen, again, I apologize, uh, you know, for this horrific uh, incident that happened tonight. So, you know, definitely uh, my deepest apologies. I literally, I, I couldn't believe it. And when I got to my phone and I'm looking at all these horrific text messages from Joe, you know, just like offensive stuff that I could never repeat. I just said to myself, wow, it has, at least you were still on. I have no idea what's been going know, on right? for the past like, 30 minutes, but at least you were still on because, I mean, I tell you, five minutes on the air with Joe, I would have hung up. I would have hung up. I would have changed <laughs> my phone number. So bad. And I never would have called again. I have to but say, our time, <laughs> our time together was really beautiful, don't you think, Joe? It was, Dave. I, I, I don't even know why you called in at this point. We could have just done the show without you. <laughs> you mean other than you telling me calling, you, you SOB, you better call in. Um, you know, horrible, again, horrible things that I saw, but... Uh, Nikki, so it's been a pleasure. Uh, you know, I can't honestly, you know, the check's in the mail. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me, and the support does mean a lot. And I promise it won't be another two years until I come on, okay? It'll be cool. six next time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe next time you guys want me to be on the show, I'll just be taking a little nap. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that would actually be funny because, you know, that, I remember one time I was doing a show, I was like 20 minutes into it, and Joe was passed out. And <laughs> the funny thing is, the only reason, and just like tonight, I don't know if Joe told you this. He probably didn't because, you know, Joe's a gentleman and a scholar. But the only reason that we did a show was to talk to you because we, we oh. were texting each other, and we were like, you know, you know, we don't have any guests. There's no reason to do a show. So I just happened to say, you know what? What the hell? I'm going to text Nikki and see if she wants to come on. And thinking, you know, I'm going to get – Another, oh, listen, uh, I got to fly to Zimbabwe to do some, like, charity work or something. I can't make it. Instead, I get, yeah, sure. You know, what do you want to talk about? And I say, so. And you're like, you guys, Nikki's coming on. Nikki's coming on. What should I do? I should probably go lay down for 40 minutes. (laughs) That's a great idea. Let me put my sleep mask on and take some NyQuil. What the hell? I got an expletive-laden text message from Joe. Like, are you kidding me? You know, Nikki, oh it was awesome. bad. But, uh, <laughs> but, you actually, know, I it, just, it couldn't have gone any better. This is actually perfect, so thank you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it would have been better if Joe had, you know, not called in. That, let's be real. It would have been just me and you talking for 40 minutes. But I just remember this one time I was doing a show, and I only came on because of Joe. And I'm just, like, sitting there like, yeah, so – I guess Joe's not calling in at this point. Um, oh I think I'm going to go to sleep. Oh it was the worst show ever. It was so awful. So thank you for oh. saving the show tonight, Nikki. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. <laughs> you guys are the best. Thank you so much, and we'll talk soon, okay? Definitely. Take care, Nikki. All right, Thanks, bye. Nikki. Bye. Thank you. Folks, thank you. that was the incomparable, the one and only, the icon, the talented, the myth, the legend, Nikki Boyer. 
Oh, uh, sir. So, did you actually go on the air exactly at 11 o'clock? Go to hell! <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> oh, baby! <laughs> I, I you have on a air show air. on the internet? Yeah, Mike, on the internet. And we out of your home. I called in the oh, guest line, man. and I didn't, see, I didn't see you on at 11 o'clock, so by 11.01, 11.02, I decided to call the uh, the host line and start the show and rant on on how you weren't basically on and where the hell were you. And uh, I started ranting about the Mets offense, how putrid it was, and then Nikki had called in, which was nice to hear because we talked for a good, yeah, 35 to about 35 minutes. Oh, that's great. I can't wait to listen to that, Moose Turd. I mean, at least Nikki was there to save the day because, I mean, listening to you for, like, 20 minutes, that that, that would be brutal, I have to tell you. I think Absolutely I saved the day, brutal. honestly, because if Nikki uh, called in and nobody was here, she would have never came back on. So I think I saved the day. Oh, that that's actually a good point. I, I probably would have gotten, like, a, from her expletive-laden text message fast, just calling me, like, a piece of mood. I You know... The worst part about it is, is that I literally was looking at the clock and I'm, it was like 10:15, and I'm like, I'm falling asleep. I need to get the hell out of this bed or I'm gonna pass out. And I was struggling to stay awake. And, and I literally saw at the clock when I woke up it was 11:36. And I was like, <gasps> and I jumped out of bed and I ran to the phone and I saw the text message and I was like, oh man, I can't believe this. How is it possible that Nikki, all these issues with Nikki calling in, like trying to get her to call on the show and canceling and everything. And then I, I fall asleep. Unbelievable. I mean, totally just disgusted with myself. So, did you tell her that I was sleeping? Or did she just... No, I, I mean, I, I didn't say nothing until you finally texted me saying fell asleep. And then I was like, I'm reading a text here from Dave and it says fell asleep. Can you believe this? And we were just laughing for a good two minutes. So. Uh, that's... Yeah, but that's awesome. you made one critical... <laughs> You made one mistake, though. You, I mean, you, you kind of told a little white lie. You know for a fact that you were not putting your kids to sleep. You were watching the Mets offense, and that's what really put you to sleep. Well, it's funny because before I put my kids to sleep, I was watching the Mets game, and I, I was thinking to myself, my goodness, this team is so terrible. Their offense is so bad. I can't wait to talk to Joe about this later. And then I put the girls to sleep, and, like, they, they passed out. Um, and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't stay awake, and it's just awful that, um, you know, I just feel like an awful, disgusting human being, especially because I've been so, I, I'm the one who got Nikki on the show, and I've been wanting her to call in, and it's just been, you know, just, just praying that she'll call in, and just, you know, all kinds of stuff, and ugh, awful, so, I let's just awful. say, I just, when you, can't, I can't believe it, let's just say, when you go back to listen to the show, a lot of it will be focused in on parodies, with Weird Al being her inspiration, which I pulled out of my, uh, you know, you know where, as well as talking about Prince and the impact on her career and her life. So it's really about Prince and parodies, believe it or not, the interview. Oh, that, that sounds great. I just, you know, I, I tell you, I love Nikki. She, she really is my favorite guest. I just can't believe it. I tell you, I cannot believe that I fell asleep on Nikki Boyer. I mean, that's, I would have been worse if I was on the air and fell asleep. I mean, could you imagine that? Like, I'm talking to Nikki, and I'm like, <laughs> it just passed out. Um, so this would be the fourth time that Nikki's been on the show. That's amazing, and it's been two years. Um, the first time, if you believe it or not, I'm looking online, the very first, oh, my gosh, I, I, you're going to find this ironic. Do you know when the first time we had Nikki Boyer on the air was? You're going to tell me June 14th, 2012. 
No, I'm gonna tell you. Okay. Um, I'm gonna tell you October 24th, 2012, which ironically enough, my daughter was born exactly one year later from the day that Nikki oh. first came on our show. October oh, wow, 24th that's, that's is my pretty... is my youngest daughter's birthday. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And then the next time, obviously, she came on definitely maybe was about five months later. And then a year and some change later, and now two years later. So pretty much every time she comes on the show, there's a longer gap in between the next time she finally comes on. So after this debacle, I'm sure Nikki will never come on the show again. Again, when you go back to listen to the show, it wasn't that big of a debacle. I think that uh, you could call me Joe Chicken Wing, or I, I mean, I basically winged everything that I wanted to talk about because I had no idea what I wanted to talk about when Nikki came on. But when I saw the 213 area code, I was like, uh oh, it's Nikki, so I better take it because. I don't know where Dave is right now. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to listen to this. I feel so terrible. Like I, I tell you, I hope Nikki doesn't hate me. I hope she doesn't hate you either. Oh. But if she does, uh, she likes me more now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. She, I'm sure she's gonna send me terrible text messages after. She texts me, "Where are you? I'm on the podcast." <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. Nikki Boyd's my god, oh baby. Well, the only good thing is that we don't. Talk- the only good thing is we don't have to talk about the Mets because we just did for about 30 seconds how bad their offense is, and they're teetering on their season being over soon because they just have no offense right now, and their injuries are so, they're so decimated right now that this team might not even make a wild card at this point. Oh, my goodness. I was thinking about that, actually. Um, I, honestly, I, I look at them, and I really I, – I've tried calling you the past couple of days. Of course, you ignored me, like always, but um, like the scum that you are. But – What's interesting, right, is that the Mets and the Royals are 27, yesterday, it has to be yesterday, 27 and 28 in runs scored in Major League Baseball. Can you believe that? And the Royals are in second place, so are the Mets, but the Royals are like, I think, a game over 500 or two games under. I don't even know. I mean, they're both awful this year, absolutely awful. And the Mets look so bad, I just can't imagine them doing anything this year, sir. Yeah, I mean, the they, they need so much help. They were talking about, you know, Maybe bigging up Brandon Nimmo because he's been hitting in the minors. Or... I just don't understand this, sir. They're so bad, and it looks like there's no help. Conforto has been awful. They're talking about possibly demoting him. I just, I, what happened to him? I don't know if it was a confidence thing or, you know, he he needs to regain that stack. I think it's more mental than anything because the guy has a great swing. When you see him, when he was on fire in April, his swing was so pure. It was just unbelievable. I think it's a confidence thing. I, I just don't understand that. I, I honestly don't get it. You compare the the Mets and the Royals, though. The one big difference is that the Royals won the World Series last year. If if the Mets were coming off a World Series championship, I think we could live with the, what the, was going on with the Mets right now. But we're, we need a championship. It's been 30 years, and it looks like this year is going to be, you know, another year without a championship. It's just very frustrating. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, you know, especially after last year, that makes this year even that much more frustrating. Yep, and uh, I don't even think we have to touch the WWE. I know you tagged the WWE, but their draft is coming up, I guess, after the pay-per-view, which is the Sunday, Money in the Bank. I still think Kevin Owens is going to win the Money in the Bank, and uh, I don't care what else happens because at this point, this brand extension I don't think was well thought out. I think Vince thinks that he's a genius and he knows what he's doing, but we know that it fell the first time with, a like you said, with a, a great roster. This year, I mean, this go-around, the roster is not as deep as it was when they did the brand extension back in 2002. 
I just think it's going to be a big failure. But uh, I don't think Vince cares at this point. They're going to go with it. They'll probably have two world champions like, you, like we think they're going to do. And uh, just to have their own pay-per-view or their own network special now, because it's not called pay-per-view anymore, it's just, uh, right. just too much wrestling. You know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I don't know who's going to be able to watch all that wrestling. I know I won't be, so uh, that's all I have to say about yeah, wrestling. Yeah, you, you've, really, you've been really down on it, which just, you know, amazes me like always. But the fact is that it's true <laughs> when you think about it. It's SummerSlam might be four and a half hours this year. Jeez. Four and a half hours. And when you think about the fact that that same weekend, the Saturday, right, there's going to be um, – NXT? There's going to be NXT uh, TakeOver, whatever the hell, show for two hours, two and a half hours. The next night is SummerSlam. The following night is Raw, and the following night is SmackDown. That's disgusting. That's like 13, 14 hours of, of wrestling in the 40 period. No, thanks. I just can't believe it's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. This, so, uh, thing. <laughs> Let's put a ball on it so you can go back and listen to the show. <laughs> oh, please. I'm going to go. Uh, my wife got me uh, <coughs> last week was my birthday, you know, speaking of all that. And uh, my wife got me the amazing, the incomparable, the one and only, you know, Kelly got me a PS4. So I'm going to go be playing Arkham Knight right now. All right. <laughs> that's it. I just, it's, uh, <laughs> all right, great. <laughs> great. Um, that's good stuff, you know. But uh, so I'm excited about that. But anyway, so listen, uh, it was great having you, you know, uh, cover the show for once. You know, you had to pull your own weight. So, you know, all these years of carrying you, it's finally about time you carried the load, sir. There you go. I mean, I, I think uh, you'll go back and listen, and you'll see that it was a pretty decent show, really. Well, I mean, I wasn't on it, so it was pretty awful. But I just, I, I, I hate it. You know, I finally get the opportunity to talk to Nathan Boyer on Pure Gold, and after all this, oh, literally months of trying to get on the show, and I fall asleep. See, this is the stuff that only happens on our show, which is why this show is so great. Because I tell you, only, only Pure Gold, folks. Only You're right. Pure Gold. You're absolutely right. You're right. So let's give it a good. Let's go and uh, see you next week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, again, thanks to Nikki Boyer. We couldn't have done it without you. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> have, a great, uh, have a great week, folks, for the, the three of you listening. What's the name of your show? Uh, pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. You guys are awesome. <laughs> yes, we are, Nikki. Have a great night. Woo! Woo!